Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Saddle up with your hosts of the Mainly Broncos podcast. Cameron Parker of PredominantlyOrange.com, Maddie Moles, and Mile High Sports' Zach Seegers as they break down the NFL with a mainly Denver Broncos focus. Saddle up your horses! Pitter-patter, let's get at her. It is another episode of the Mainly Broncos podcast, a fantastic episode for you guys because the Denver Broncos came out on top against the Detroit Lions. We have the full gang here. We have Zach Seegers eating fettuccine Alfredo spaghetti or whatever it is that he's eating. We have um, we have Maddie and uh, calling me out with, God damn. with, with his uh, drink of choice. How are you guys uh, doing on this victory victory podcast uh, for the for the Denver Broncos uh, beating the Detroit Lions? I'm doing well, you know, uh, uh, well fed. Um, what is it, by uh, the way? Know, is it, what, what is it, by the yeah, way? Yeah, it's it's, it? it's some yeah, it's fettuccine with a with a nice bolognese I made. I'm I'm proud of it. It's pretty dang good. Um, chowing on that. Uh, yeah, sorry, just I was taking a nibble while muted during the <laughs> intro, um, and got busted, got caught by the radar here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, doing well, doing well. Uh, you know, uh, of course, there's the sad um, loss of DT hanging over everything. But I also think, like, if there's anything to learn about or, or to take from DT's life, it was, you know, how joyous he was and how he always um, uh, lit up every room he walked into. And I think, you know, like Broncos fans, you've got a lot to be happy about uh, right now as well. So I think it's... Uh, uh, you know, uh, in the spirit of DT, I, or I think it's more in the spirit of DT to um, focus on those happy moments and uh, focus on the light. Yeah, and, and like you said, it, we'll, we'll talk more about the Demarius Thomas uh, situations that had happened uh, within that game later on and the impact that Demarius Thomas made in the Denver Broncos uniform in the NFL. But how are you doing, Maddie? Doing pretty good. Um, you know, overall... Uh, good to get a win, obviously. Yeah. Um, if we would have lost that game against the Lions, Broncos country would have <laughs> been in shambles. Uh, my drink of choice is hot chocolate with uh, rum chata because tis the season. And then when that's done, I've got a chocolate mint stout from the Open Gate Brewery, uh, Guinness Brewery in Baltimore. So that'll be pretty are, dope too. Are you an eggnog guy? Maddie, you an egg gong? Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, line it up. Is it a drink that has alcohol in it? Depends on. Uh, then yes. I mean, so depends on if it tastes well with alcohol. That's the most uh, important thing. No, is it a drink with alcohol in it? <laughs> um, so there we go. That that's pretty much where I stand on on the nog. Uh, I don't really get down for the nog. That's, you know, kid friendly. But, um, yeah. 
so there's that. And then obviously in football news, being a Sooners fan, all the craziness with football recruiting, following all that, and also being a Gamecocks fan, because who would have thought 10 years ago when I became a Gamecocks fan and I got involved with uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and then met a girl who whose family is crazy about the Gamecocks, that eventually the Sooners and the Gamecocks would be rivals potentially in the same conference. Like I never thought we'd get there. So yes, I pull for the real USC, not Southern California. And I'm really stoked that Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner are both going from Norman to Columbia, South Carolina. So that's pretty dope. I mean, it's not often that uh, a quarterback or very rare, I should say that um, a quarterback that was on your favorite team, you know, transfers to your other favorite team. So, <laughs> right. so I mean, exactly. Yeah, so you have the opportunity to, get a chance to still see Spencer Rattler's development down there with the uh, South Carolina. Well, let's, let's dive into this game. And like I said, yeah. we'll talk about the, we'll talk about the Demarius Thomas, the uh, thing that certainly unfolded during the football game. And then we'll talk about the, the life uh, that was Demarius Thomas and his impact with the Denver Broncos as well. After that, uh, the, the game itself, you know, it started out fantastic in a way that, even though it was the Detroit Lions, you know, it, it started out in a fashion that seems so rare, you know, for a Denver Broncos offense in scoring consecutive points, should we say, or just consecutive drives and going up as, uh, as much as they did uh, going up two scores very early. Uh, and then the Broncos decided to take their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. And in doing so, uh, it allowed the Detroit Lions to score 10 points, and then obviously the rest was history. But once it went into halftime, I want to get your guys's. We'll start first with halftime. What was your guys's initial thoughts going into halftime, only being ahead 17 to 10 on the Lions? I don't. Uh, I, I was fine. You know, like it was definitely a little concerning that you saw the backslide, but I don't know. I think people were really overreacting to the first half was my big take when it was happening. Like, man, it, it's <laughs> like 14 points in four possessions is three and a half points per possession, which yeah. would put you on pace with like the best offenses in the NFL. Like that's what the Buc- the Bucks have, I think, like. 3.4 points per possession and they're leading the NFL. Like that's it's it's crazy offensive efficiency. Um the defense was obviously struggling. You had the one big gashing run. I think that was a concern going into half. But I also just felt like I don't uh, people I've noticed this a lot in Broncos country. I think it's prevalent all around the NFL where it's like, "Oh, it's a bad team. You're supposed to blow them out by 20." And it's like, "No." That's hard to do. That's very difficult to do. You look at Vegas, you know, putting the spread at 11. And I think they put it at 9 or 10, and it it grew to 11 um, following the DT news. Uh, Even with that seven-point lead at half, the Broncos are on pace to easily cover. Um, You know, win by 14 with the uh, 11-point spread. So I just, I don't know. I I thought it was good. I'm glad they made the adjustment at halftime. to go back to the run game. Uh, it was a fairly obvious adjustment, but hey, with this coaching staff, you never know. Uh, fortunately, they acted on it, and uh, yeah, you saw them roll. But yeah, this was an incredibly dominant performance. They ended the game with, I think, over like five 
uh, points per possession, which again, uh, awesome performance from the offense. Not so much Teddy. Yeah. Go ahead, Manny. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on the mindset. It was like, okay, 17 to 10. Now, I mean, making the field goal, I think, right before half really does help with the mindset. You know, seven feels a lot better than four. But the Broncos, I mean, that offense was pretty much in control all game. We, we were able to do whatever we wanted. And, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> what uh, – I can't remember which one of you guys tweeted it, but it was like, what? Shermer got an opening drive touchdown? Like – it was just it was just nuts like being able to get that and uh and then we follow it up with another you know stellar drive capped off with a Melvin Gordon touchdown so both of our running backs were able to find Pater in the very first quarter and it was just like okay I think we're gonna get things rolling defense took a step back the following drive um and then McMahon is hitting that field goal right before half it was like all right like now now we're able to like refocus and maybe blow this thing up in the second half. And that's exactly what happened. So the big takeaway for me was what five trips into the red zone, five touchdowns for our offense. Like that's uh that's pretty, pretty good. No matter how you slice it. It was pretty incredible. And, you know, it, it was one that I think um, it, it, w- it was such a nice little finish of an entree, something that, that Zach and I talked about Maddie and, and we can talk about this too, is that like, we we touched on this with with Melvin Gordon and potentially coming back as a Denver Bronco, uh, and just still being a part of the rotation that is Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon together next year, uh, and and I, I I think that one of the that that might be the most impressive takeaway. Now, granted, there's good there's there 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 has the potential to be a lot of unfolding parts potentially of a new coaching staff or potential, uh, should we say identity change, whatever. I mean, that's now that's more speculative on that front. But the fact is, is that I know it was the Detroit lions, but it was an absolutely dominating performance. And so much so that, uh, you are now talking about, um, the, the Broncos being in very rare territory for something that, you know, has not happened since 2009. You have two running backs that are under 300 yards away from 1,000 yards on the ground. And that is the first time that happened, as I said, since, since, since 2009 of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams when they, were, when they were with the Carolina Panthers. It is very rare territory. And I'm not going to throw the Lamar Jackson and... Uh, and the other back, I believe, was J.K. Dobbins. I believe it was, or who was the running back for Baltimore? Ingram. Uh, I think Ingram. it was Mark Ingram that got Ingram. that. Yeah. So I'm not going to throw that one into the mix because obviously Lamar Jackson is a quarterback, not a running back. So, um, but I mean, overall, it was it was unbelievable. And just to just to even t- there's there's probably only one consistent takeaway that we talk about so often. Guys, and that is that the 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 ineptitude of taking shots downfield. Now, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And so, if you're still sticking with the running game and you're still being able to churn uh, those yards, 
you want to be able to run those plays until they stop it. And the Detroit Lions, for a majority of that game, could not stop the Denver Broncos' rushing attack. And there was really only one point, uh, you know, really, and it was in that second quarter when the Lions scored those 10 points. But where the Broncos just went a little bit too pass-heavy and uh, in that second quarter. And then once they decided to come back out of the half, they reestablished themselves, they reestablished who they were, and, you know, they, they became that rushing attack. But um, I, I just thought overall it was a really, really dominating performance from that rushing game. And it was even though it was the Lions, it was a nice little audition for what the Broncos could be next year. Yeah, I mean, it reminds you of, uh, it seems like Russell Wilson's, you know, plan A and Rodgers' plan B. Um, you know, they kind of remind you of those uh, early 2000 Seahawks teams or like the bones are there. Um, super talented defense, uh, you know, powerful run game with a really, really physical uh, uh I don't know, imposing. I'm trying to think of the uh, uh, right word. Like, it just inflicts damage on the opponent. Um, violent runner. Uh, uh, kind of the next stage, Marshawn Lynch. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, and then, you know, the defense, of course, has all of this talent, and a lot of it's young and will be back next year. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, uh, the, the, I think the biggest takeaway from this game is it appears the Broncos have found their identity. <clears throat> they're continuing to build on this run first mentality that we, I feel like we first saw it creep up in Dallas and we saw yeah. it, you know, again against the chargers again, um, uh, you know, chiefs, they threw it way too much, but then we saw it again this week. And I think like it really clicked at halftime for them. Like we are, especially with Teddy looking very injured, like he's not, he's not a great quarterback normally, but like his plays clearly declined since that chargers injury. Um, he's beat up right now and his play suffering as a result Broncos need to lean on that run game. And fortunately the run game has more than, uh, uh, you know, done their part. So I got to apologize to Javante Williams because, you know, I came in before the season and said 1200 yards from scrimmage <laughs> and all that stuff. And, you know, like people are like, man, you're crazy. And it seemed lofty and you were I, under I, I was way under, man. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm sorry I uh, underestimated you. I should have estimated you. You know what I mean? He has 1,022 yards from scrimmage, and we have, what, four games left to go? Like, that's that's pretty damn good uh, for the rookie. Being able to to also have an impact in the passing game, and that's the, that's the key. I'm down to bring back Gordon if – you know, the price is right. But what makes them both work is the fact that they can both be on the field all three downs. So a guy can get kind of in a rhythm and he doesn't have to come off the field just because it's a passing down. And it really helps to keep the flow and the continuity of the offense going when a guy is just making plays. So being able to keep them both in keeps defenses honest and I, I think they work really well together. What I'm not down for is paying Gordon six, seven million dollars probably uh, to come in. And really, it needs to be Javante Williams as the as the number one option. And then you sprinkle in some Gordon 
uh, as a change of pace type of thing or just a guy to spell him. That's the way that I think it needs to go because and, and Zach, you can you can attest to this too. Like rookie quarterbacks, if they're a franchise guy, like that's a, a lot of the bang for your buck in the NFL where you're going to be able to really get most of the juice from the squeeze. It's also maximizing that rookie running back's uh, initial contract. And so we've really got to be able to feature him moving forward. I don't want us to pay a lot of money for another running back. And then that just takes the ball out of Javante's hands. Yeah. And that's actually ultimately where, where I'm, I'm at. I'm not expecting the Broncos or potentially maybe even any team to give Melvin Gordon exactly, you know, what Melvin would be looking for as far as a one a option. But clearly I, I touched on this with the, uh, the guys over at MHRT and I think that it needs to be brought up and it needs to be said again because I think that the fans' perspective is often so blinded at times because, like, we... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or should I say fans have a tendency to not really understand the whole picture when it comes to, say, like a guy like Melvin Gordon where he may be 100% content with wanting to still stay in Denver with his role. And what I mean by that is, and Zach, maybe you can attest to this being in Dove Valley, um, but it's just like I, I feel like when you hear something to the likes of Melvin Gordon going out and telling uh, to the media that he just felt like he just, for, for the fans' sake, that the, the, the fans just don't want him here, well, the thing is, it could even be more in-depth with that to where he, he's actually beloved in that locker room. And for what we know, and with everything we've seen from Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, especially the trio um, and chemistry that we see there, it's pretty special. And Gordon is absolutely, from what we can tell, beloved in that locker room. So everything that we see may be that Gordon is actually starting to realize his worth with the Broncos and so much so that he still very well might be content with where he's at in his role. Yeah, I, I, I think so. That's certainly possible. Um, are you, are you getting that? I think with the, Melvin, with the Melvin Gordon stuff, I, I mean, I don't know about the role stuff. He's been the one a up until now. I think he's still, I don't have the carry numbers right in front of me, but I believe he was said, still the one so, a back on. So, so actually, uh, uh, I actually have the free Zach. So I, cause I looked it up today when I pulled up the stat about his, about the rushing yard stats. Fascinating enough. The carries are only four. Uh, like Melvin Gordon has only four more carries than Javante Williams. 
Oh, on the season? On the season. I think a lot of that also has to do with um, Gordon missing time. I think he's out carried him. Like he had nine more carries on Sunday. Um, you know, the week before that, or I guess that's when Gordon was out against the Chiefs. You saw Javante get a big workload. That's going to close the gap some. Um, but yeah, I think Gordon's still 1A. I don't think there's any issues with anyone's role. I think they're both honestly happy for each other's success is is the uh, uh, feeling I'm getting. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's an issue. I think everyone's happy for everyone. I think the concern is, you know, what do you do with Melvin Gordon after this season? And I think if the Broncos were smart, you let him walk. Like, just the upside... Let him test the market, a, most importantly, right? Yeah, the, the upside yeah. of a yeah, if you can get him for really cheap, then cool. But <clears throat> the cost, like you're not really risking anything by letting him walk because you've got Mike Boone, who can be a solid number two running back. You can draft someone in the mid to late rounds that can uh, replicate what a 30-year-old Melvin Gordon can bring you at a seventh of the price. Um, so I, I think it's like, there's no real risk to letting him walk and there is substantial risk to resigning him, which is if he behaves like 90% of 29 year old running backs, um, he will fall off a cliff, uh, and you are going to be paying him for 2021 production and 2022 production is not going to match what you're paying him for. Um, so again, I yeah, that's my that's my soapbox. Do not pay Melvin Gordon. So, uh, friend of the pod, Benjamin Albright, uh, dropped a bomb uh, as far as Teddy Bridgewater goes, saying he's expecting t- uh, in excess of twenty five million dollars on a multi uh, per year on a multi year deal in the off season. And on the surface, like, that's like, well, that's way too much for Teddy, and I still agree. But that that seems to kind of be in line with what a mid-tier starting quarterback would make in the NFL. How do you guys feel about that price tag? I'm not on board with it. Like, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily on board with it. Uh, you know, one, he's played, I think, probably better than, you know, and, and Zach talked about it before. Like, he he's played better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, but I, I just think that overall, and and, and may, that is, I think, the market, right, though, unfortunately with quarterbacks. But it's, I just am not so sure I would want to be putting that type of investment for, say, like a guy like Teddy. And he even said himself, like Teddy, and the one thing that we can absolutely respect about Teddy is that he's been open and honest ever since his, you know, he's he's been in Denver, and he was honest when uh, with that report, and he said he doesn't believe it's with the Broncos, so he was at least honest with that. And there's probably a, a whole bunch of other tea leaves that's associated with that, but uh, you know, I mean, I just think that you could potentially use some of those uh, those resources to upgrade your quarterback room or upgrade your team even more, you know, of potentially with more of that 25 million elsewhere. So um, I, I don't know, I, but it is worth noting that he has been playing, excuse me, better than still a lot of people give him credit for. Um, just unfortunately, the types of situations that unfold, should I say, 
um, like the third and 16 that will, uh, you know, stand out to people when he throws at eight yards. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I, and I know, and I know Zach that that kind of opens up a Pandora's box with the stat, right? You know, with the, no, down. you're fine. It, yeah. It's, it's that one play in particular, everyone blew up on Twitter about it being there live. And I need to go back and watch the all 22. That's one I have earmarked. I'm, I'm really curious to go back and look. It looked like he had Cortland Sutton as his only route past the sticks. And I think what you saw Pat Shermer doing there, again, I think it's a case of Shermer's conservativeness. And that's part of the reason I think Teddy's conservative nature is tough to evaluate this year. He's an overly conservative quarterback. I'm not trying to defend that whatsoever. But when you look at the similarities between like areas of the field targeted and whatnot, it's very similar to Drew Locke. And those quarterbacks obviously have very different strengths. So that tells me that Pat Shermer is using these quarterbacks in somewhat similar ways. Um, And again, so like that, I think shows Shermer's conservative nature somewhat. And I I don't know. It's it's a mess to sort through. That's totally aside from the $25 million conversation, which is a big, uh, I can swear on this podcast, you've said so. It's a big fucking no from me. Like, absolutely not yeah. deal breaker, 100% no. I like Teddy. I do think it should be noted, like you guys did, that there's this big void in the uh, quarterback market. You have been taking a big discount to stay in Pittsburgh. Tom Brady taking a discount because that's what Brady does. And then a Derek Carr contract that's out of date. But if we look at kind of recent contracts to get an idea of the Teddy Bridgewater ballpark, the floor is the contract that Teddy Bridgewater is currently on, an $11.5 million deal. And the ceiling is probably Jimmy Garoppolo's $27.5 million. And I think it's probably on the upper end of that scale. It's probably at least at twenty. Um And the appeal, I think, of Teddy Bridgewater, especially as the Broncos are concerned, is how little he's making this year. Right, eleven point five. You're paying him. That's what he's getting paid. What Ryan Fitzpatrick is making, but the Broncos are only paying him three million. So you're paying him what Joe Flacco is getting paid to be the Jets' like third string quarterback. It's a really minor investment, and you're getting, you know, a play worthy of a thirteen, fourteen, fifteen million dollar quarterback. Um, so it's it's been excellent value. I do think people have knocked him too hard. I think he's been a fine starter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's not worth 25 million at that point. He's a competitive disadvantage. Teddy Bridgewater on a 20. Now I think he's a, a neutral. He's not necessarily going to hurt your team. He's not going to help it. Um, he's just gonna like Kyle Wharton was back in 2010 or whatever. He'll, he's not going to kill you, but he'll let the, the talent do. He's a very different player, but like in terms of where he ranks as a quarterback, he'll, let your roster speak for itself, kind of. I so, think, so to, to some extent. I, and, and with what, that what, said, uh, at twenty-five million, he becomes a competitive disadvantage because you're taking away from other holes. That's twenty-two million dollars you're taking out of this current Broncos cap um, to put into Teddy Bridgewater, and you're committing to it for multiple years. Uh, big no-go. I think this is his ploy to try to force someone, may like the Broncos, into a franchise tag. Because maybe you go, oh, paying him one year in the low 30s is preferable to multiple at 25, just as like a Band-Aid. But yeah, that's concerning for me because I thought he was the third best option out there behind Russ and Rodgers. And this makes him drop off a cliff. Um, 
it's not like a lose scenario, right? Wouldn't he calculate into the compensatory pick uh, calculus for us? So if he does, I did. I didn't think about that. That's a third round pick coming back our way. So yeah, I mean, that is a massive. Why don't Why don't you go? Why don't you go? Do you boo boo? Go find twenty five million. You know what? If I got to pay for the steak dinner to make that happen. That's a massive I'm, point, Maddie. I'm getting down. Because then you're that, getting so. a year. You're getting the best year of Broncos quarterback play in five. Um, you know, because Simeon was solid in 2016. I think you could argue for six, but I think you're getting the best Broncos quarterback play you've gotten in at least five. <clears throat> looking at that George Payton trade, and they didn't they give up a sixth? Wasn't it a sixth they gave up for Teddy? Something. Um, like that, yeah. So you're you're giving up a sixth for a year of Teddy Bridgewater, which again, best year of quarterbacking you've had over the past six, excuse me, and a third. A sixth for a third is a crazy deal, but you're getting a sixth, a quarterback that well outperformed the three million dollars you're paying him. You forced the Panthers to swallow some of that contract. That's an unreal trade. If the if the compensatory thing works out, which it's a good point, we'll see how heavy spenders the Broncos will be this season because they'll have a lot of cap space that's likely for the quarterbacks. But, yeah, that's a fantastic that's a point, Maddie. No, I know, and the and the quarterbacks wouldn't affect it. I, I didn't mean that as yeah. in, like, that'll hurt them. It, it probably won't hurt them because it's allocated for the quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, they, they probably will get a third or a fourth rounder back for that Teddy deal, which – Man, if that uh, did either of you pull up the trade really quick, I can do it quick because I want to yeah, see. Yeah, it was uh, a six round pick. It was it was a sw- six round pick, and that's it. And then uh, help with the wow. contract. That's unreal. That's that's some wow value. Um, so th- there there's one reason alone to not hate Teddy Bridgewater, even if you think like. He's allowing the Broncos to turn a sixth into a third, even if you don't like the on-field product. Like, that's some nice value uh, you're getting out of Since you're the one that, uh, not to, you know, stuff for yourself, Fatty, but since you're the one that came up with that tweet, you should be, uh, you, you should tweet that immediately. Um, and so that, uh, so that we yeah, can I'll be able to, uh, yeah, so I'm we can be able to read. That's a fan, because that's a fantastic right. point. I'm going to um, read. I'm gonna find Ben's uh, tweet on it, and then I'll just quote tweet it. Yeah, and but, then yeah. Uh, and when you guys go check it out, because you guys are listening, go check it out at, at Matty Mole's Pod. Uh, he is, uh, he'll he'll be tweeting it from there. Um, you know, t- I think now translating to the defensive side of the ball real quick, because we don't want to spend too much on it, because that was the start of the show, right? And it's something that we've been come to used to. But there were there were a few fantastic plays that just always will ring in my brain one you know we'll we'll talk about a little bit later but justin simmons is incredible like you know zach you were at the game right you were at that detroit lions game you said you were at the you were at the Mm -hmm. lions game yeah Yeah, so i i want to know what your initial like reaction was to this interception because seeing it live and with where Justin Simmons was, and regardless if it was Jared Goff or not, I mean, it could be Kyle Orton throwing the pass, or it could have been Tim Tebow throwing the pass. But regardless, if you look at it from the scenario and the actual type of play that Justin Simmons made, you will not, you and I talk about it so often, I guess, with our, our pro Simmons agenda, Zach, but it's like 
that was about as incredible a play as you will ever see a safety make. I mean, that is, there are very few, if not at all, many safeties that can make that type of play with the type of athleticism, size, height, whatever that Simmons can present. That will go down for, like I said, other reasons, but that will go down as probably one of the most impressive interceptions that I've seen probably to date with Simmons. Oh yeah. With, with like Simmons in particular, it might be number one. Um, yeah. Uh, unreal play. I think the moment putting it like celebrating on the, the um, 88 logo there on the sidelines was, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, yeah. All of it was so great. Um, you know, finishing it with an 88 yard touchdown drive by, uh, you know, sheer coincidence. Um, you know, the Justin Simmons, uh, tackle count based donation mathematically totally now to perfectly 5280. Lots of cool things with the game. Um, yeah, I thought they did an awesome job honoring DT. Um, yeah, you could feel the emotion in all the players, even guys that didn't necessarily know DT. Um, I think they're going to continue to honor DT throughout the rest of the season. Um, what do you What do you know, Zach? Lineups. What do you know, Zach? Are they, are I, I they don't going know to what I can get. Decal or I don't know what I can say honestly. Like I, but um, I yeah, I do uh, feel confident that there will be uh, some stuff that we saw on Sunday that will continue throughout the rest of the year. I think I can say that. Um, so I think that's fantastic. Um, I think the mural or the memorial was beautiful. The mural was beautiful. The one thing I didn't, and I get it, they had very little um, notice, obviously. It was a very tragic, unexpected thing. But, like, I feel like they could have done more time. Like, fans would have appreciated a DT tribute at halftime more than, like, Dogs playing Frisbee. And I think the Dogs playing Frisbee is, like, one of the best halftime shows I've seen at the stadium. It was awesome. But it was, like... Man, tell the trainers to push it a week, you know, for the Bengals game. Like maybe you do a more touching tribute. You have like Brandon Marshall's in the Denver area and was a teammate of DT. Have him come out at halftime and and say some words. Also a leader on those teams. Like he can speak. He's he's a good speaker. Um, So I don't know. I think they could have done more in that regard. The... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tribute before the game, I thought was great. But they didn't let it linger. It went right into the national anthem. Um, and I get it. You have like a kickoff time you have to meet and everything. But 
like fans tried to start the DT chant then, and they got drowned out by the national anthem starting up, which was, um, I don't know, I think a bit of a bummer. Um, but yeah, like the two minute warning thing was awesome when you did have the stadium all chanting it and uh, Simmons interception celebration was sweet. Um, yeah, those, those stand out. Yeah. And so overall with the defensive play, it was fantastic. You were generating the, the, the pressure on Jared Goff, Draymond, it was almost a Draymond Jones show. Should we say, or, or, or should we say it was the Ohio state owning Michigan once more, <laughs> With the with the the play of Draymond Jones, he is an absolute superstar in the making. That was a type of play, regardless if it was Detroit. That was a type of drive that just will orchestrate Draymond Jones into the conversation of those elite defensive linemen in the National Football League. That was about as impressive of a drive by one defensive player that you will ever see. Uh, with the way that he was able to sack Jared Goff. Uh, and then bat the ball down on a third and two, and then uh, what, then he also batted it down on the what was it the fourth down play when they uh, I think it was right like he batted it down on the fourth down play as well. I mean it was like the Draymond Jones drive, and like he was incredible. There were there were so many different things that stand out to you certainly with this game. That was another one. Go ahead, Maddie. Were you going to say something? Uh, I just. I think it's pretty dope that we uh, we're really getting our head in the game when it comes to defense. I think uh, it's it's kind of a new a, a new tactic, right? Be able to use your head to deflect the pass. <laughs> um, like I think that there are a lot of guys that are starting to step into their roles, uh, guys that are rookies, guys that are younger on the on the defense that are really starting to contribute in positive ways. Like Cooper seems like he's all over the field right now. Um, I'm it's, you love to see it. Right. Um, I want to see a lot more from Chubb obviously, but, uh, he's certainly getting a lot of attention and Simmons, the guy just continues to make plays too. And, you know, he, it was a little rough early on in the season with a couple of those games, man, he's just come on and been such a calming, consistent force for us in the, in the, uh, defensive secondary. So like, I I have no problems about the money that we paid him and it's just coming through in spades. And then of course, you know, with what, uh, what he did, uh, what, what was it paying a certain amount of money per tackle? Yes. Um, yeah. And, and the foundation. So why, why don't you speak to that cam? Well, I, I was going to say it was a certain amount of money. And then once it rounded up to 60, it was going to be $88, uh, per tackle, I believe it was. And, and so what it was, it, and because it got rounded up to 60, I believe it ended up totaling 5280 is the total number, which is that very popular, you know, Colorado, you know, terminology of 5280. Right. And so that was a, a, a fun little uh, a tidbit with that with that game. But yeah, there you was so the, you have the other numbers too, right? I know you're going to lead into that. So what other numbers of significance uh, just stood oh. out to you with this? Oh, just uh, as far as the game itself. Yeah, there were so many different takeaways. Like uh, there was one uh, that I uh, there were a few that I had seen. Um, but we uh, Zach touched on uh, one with the of the Broncos very last drive of the game of the 14 play 88 yard drive, which was you, you can't script stuff like that. And so 14 obviously represent, representing Cortland Sutton's number. 
Uh, and, you know, in the 88, obviously, Demarius Thomas's number. But I, I thought that was a nice little start and finish with the way that the game started and the way that they – it was – honestly, it was the exact – I don't know if you guys remember this, Zach and Maddie, but it almost reminded me of the offensive version of what the Washington Redskins did at the time uh, did with Sean Taylor. I think the Redskins brought out uh, – when they were the Redskins at the time, they brought out the – they brought out their defense. They brought out their defensive team, and I think they had ten players on the on the field or something like that. And uh, the offense, I decided, I think, decided to take a delay game or something like that, and the and the and the defense declined or something like that. But they almost did the exact same thing. And on the offensive side of the ball, that's exactly what the Broncos did. Like they 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 sent out ten guys. Corlin Sutton decided to sit on the sideline. The only thing. That was wrong. Was Kevin Kugler talked about how uh, D, uh, Cortland Sun was going to stand near or close to or on the logo of Demarius Thomas, and Sutton was actually just standing on the sideline while they, while it was certainly unfolding. But uh, it was it was great. And then you obviously had a few other takeaways that I noticed. Uh, but I mean, Javante uh, Williams, his his number is thirty three. He actually scored the first touchdown of this game and Demarius Thomas passed at the age of 33. Uh, so that I thought that was a pretty fascinating statistic. And uh, another one, you know, this is a very famous one with Broncos country, but, you know, the Steelers playoff game, you know, the Steelers playoff game where the offense of the Broncos registered 316 passing yards. The Detroit Lions total yardage of that game was 316. Um so that that is pretty incredible. And then, um, yeah, so there there were some other uh, there were some other uh, notable tidbits in there, of course. But uh, those were a few of the of the strongest ones that I, I should say that really stood out to me. But uh, it, it was just a nice little it was just those nice little cherry on top tidbits, should I say, of a very incredible uh, weekend in, in honoring Demarius Thomas. So. Real quick, as we uh, dive uh, into this uh, Demarius Thomas talk again, you know, how were you guys feeling? I know we 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 texted a little bit briefly as the thing was unfolding, but take us through your guys' emotions. We can talk about it all together, but take us through your guys' emotions of that uh, what happened that day, the entire weekend, and memories of Demarius Thomas. Um, yeah, you know, I thought it was. Uh... Uh, really sad, tragic news, um, you know, but I think like everyone, I didn't believe it at first, was hoping it was some troll. Um, fortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, yeah, really tragic situation. I think especially as you learn details, um, I don't know, not to get into those because I, I don't think it's worth, like I don't think that's how DT would want to be remembered. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, uh, it, it's really tragic. It's really sad. Uh, one of my favorite players growing up, you know, I think it's uh, different for someone like, like it's JR's favorite player of all time. You know, people yeah. like uh, in my age range, DT really is a super iconic, like face of the franchise type of player. Um, you know, even if Rod Smith compiled more stats, I think DT was the best receiver in Broncos history, especially if we're talking about uh, uh, Rod Smith will um, tell you that too. Yeah, the DT was a monster. Um, super talented player, uh, 
uh, I'll save my favorite uh, memory and, and more deep dives for later. But yeah, it's just really sad. It's always tragic um, when someone dies so young. I do think for, um, you know, ultimately, uh, I mean, not to get off the theological on everyone, but ultimately no one knows what happens after we die. And I think, you know, something we do know for yeah. certain is what DT did on this earth while he was here. And I think um, that's unquestionable. That's undebatable. Um, on the football field, absolutely unreal talent. Off the football field, absolutely unreal human. Um, you know, really like lived life to the fullest. And you hear about um, the impact he made. Like he's going to be immortalized, not just because of what he did on the field, but you look at he spent, you know, not even a year, I think just like a handful of months in New England with Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. And they've been touched forever by his presence. Um, stuff like that, I think, is really me meaningful and, and stuff I've uh, taken away from uh, this, this really sad news. What about you, Matty? Uh, what uh, how, how are you uh, with the Demarius Thomas stuff? You know. Oh, man, it was uh, so I. I've been, like I said, heavily involved in um, following the Oklahoma Sooners coaching hires and all that stuff. Like Twitter spaces has been incredible for that. Um, you know, everything from like players to recruits and everything. So I was actually getting ready to uh, to get into one of those. It was starting around like nine o'clock at night. And I, I was just uh, I was in it. And of course, you're on Twitter. And so I was like rolling through the um through Twitter and I, I saw a tweet that said rest in peace DT and I was like wait what and yeah. so I immediately start refreshing everything reaching out to stuff waiting uh, you know looking at, at, at Ben Albright's uh, feed and he said he was looking into it and I was just waiting right for the confirmation to come through and like I was just in shock and so they, they were actually I think we had something like 1400 1500 people in the space uh, by that point and I was actually getting ready to be a co-host in there. And I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pay attention. Yeah, it was playing in the background, but I was like feverishly searching for anything to say that it was fake. Mm. Um, and then when it did, I dropped it in there. And then some people kind of, you know, stopped the Sooner chat and talked about Demarius Thomas. And of course, everybody brings up the smile. Everybody brings up how dominant he was with Peyton Manning. Um, everybody bring, brings up how crazy it was that him and, and uh, uh, Calvin Johnson both went to Georgia Tech and were, you know, in that type of an offense and then just dominated in the NFL and, you know, Optimus Prime and, and Megatron, you know. So, like, that that kind of reflection happened right away in that space, which was, uh, which was interesting. Um, and then, of course, getting into Slack and, and our Slack chat on, on yeah. for P.O., helped us, you know, figure out, okay, like what was real, what wasn't. And then obviously starting the healing process for us. Um, it was just super beneficial to be surrounded by people that cared about Demarius too and, and appreciated what he did. So yeah, uh, took me by surprise. Obviously I'm getting ready to be 37 years old in February. Like I, I never would have thought that my life would have still been going much longer after Demarius Thomas's, um, I actually even had no idea about the seizures and, and, and stuff from the car wreck. So like, I, I think, um, that actually caught a lot of people by surprise. I think it's 
sick. You know, I, my, my political beliefs are a little different than a lot of people. And I understand that, but I was, I was pretty sick to my stomach to see people automatically going to some, to a place that it like, it yeah. didn't need to be, um, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm glad that people responded in the way they did to that stuff. But man, I'm, I'm still in shock. Like I'm, I'm still waiting for, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for him to just show up somewhere. Right. Like, yeah. you know, at a nuggets game or whatever, if like yeah. the heat were to come back and he needed to play mediator between Jokic and Jimmy Butler or something like <laughs> I just, man, I just, I, I still can't believe that he's gone. Um, one of my, one of the crazy things too, like you start seeing all these people come out of the woodwork and you know, it's like rest in peace, 88 and all that stuff. And like some, something that I didn't really think about initially was like Eric Decker. Yeah. You know, like we saw with, uh, I saw Wes Walker's thing, but black and Decker was a thing. They both came in together, you know, they and grew up uh, together. like McDaniels didn't do a hell of a lot right for us, but bringing Demarius Thomas to the organization was, was certainly a, a nice move for him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say on it. Yeah. For, for me, it was, it was tough for me because, you know, he was between uh, he and Simmons. Demarius was my second favorite player. And it was just by everything that you could just tell. I mean, he he cared. He, you know, even with the off-field stuff, uh, you know, he played everything like it mattered. And I think that that is one of the most important things. It's one of the most impressive life lessons we could ever really give and show just as we are living out life is that if you, are you living out your life like it matters? And are you giving back to the point where you're showing to someone else's life that their life matters? And that was one of the key, uh, key things that that Demarius Thomas always showed in his time with the Denver Broncos and being off field is that he showed to kids, he showed to grown-ups he showed to basically any other person that was involved with dt that they mattered and he translated that attitude to the football field that every down mattered that every game mattered and he played his heart out on every single play and which sort of leads me to this this thing that ended up being my biggest takeaway for demarius thomas and it was I don't know where you guys stand, but Demarius Thomas was widely regarded as one of the most underappreciated wide receivers in Broncos in Broncos history, uh, and sorry, under uh, underappreciated players of Broncos history. In my opinion, he was the most underappreciated. But to see the amount of comments and the type of response that he was getting uh, with his passing, and from the national media to obviously Broncos country, it was incredible. So for a guy uh, that was potentially received as the most underappreciated Bronco of all time to get that type of respect shows you that might not have been the case all along or that we were so wrapped up in the emotions of a football game that we lost sight of exactly who Demarius Thomas was. One of the best videos and like I, I'm I've I, I'm on record by saying that Demarius Thomas is a Hall of Famer. 
Um, but I, I think that it, one of the best videos, and you can call it an audition tape, whatever you want, but one of the best... Uh, if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC comments and videos and statements that was ever made about Demarius Thomas's passing was a video that was done by Rich Eisen. And it was, it, it was so heartfelt. It was, you know, he, he talked about it through his emotion, who Demarius was, how much he was loved in the community. Demarius Thomas meant so much to not just the Broncos, but the NFL community and to see the outpouring support of it was incredible. And the last takeaway that I thought was from this Lions game. Going into the season, the NFL made this decision, and every team was given it. I mean, they were given an extra game. You know, they were given an extra game. Um, but the the Broncos were vying uh, for who would that extra game be? Would it be the Minnesota Vikings, or would it be the Detroit Lions? And it ended up being the Detroit Lions. And over the course of the season, we saw the Lions not win very many games. Uh, if or not win any games and to the point where and it's a really strong word to use but it seemed like it almost seemed like it was a meaningless game right coming up to this but yet in the grand scheme of things the game against the Detroit Lions on Sunday might actually go down as one of the most impressive games in Denver Broncos history so for what could have been meaningless you know of just an extra game turns out to be one of the most impressive games in, in Denver Broncos history. So that's just my my take on the whole Demarius Thomas thing. Uh, you know, RIP DT, 88 forever. We'll, Broncos country will love you from infinity and beyond. So uh, um, lastly, uh, if you guys want to touch on it real quick, well, I know we're running just a tad bit long, but what are some of your memories real quick and favorite memories of DT? Uh, you know, plays, you know, moments, off-field stuff that you guys know. What are some of your favorite? We'll start with you, Maddie. What are some of your guys' favorite memories with DT? Uh, it's got to be Peyton Manning's first game as a Bronco, and I don't know if I'm stealing anyone's. Uh, There's so many to choose but, from. But 71 yards to the house, uh, a little bubble screen, and then there you go. And it, it just – it, it took us a little while to get going in that game, but we ended up beating them uh, 31 to 19 op- opening day. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to beat the Steelers, but it's, it's really interesting that, you know, the very first game that Peyton Manning had as a Bronco was against the Steelers. And really the, the number one clip that I see is another game against the Steelers uh, with Demarius Thomas making a play that I'm sure you guys will talk about. So, um, I just wanted to talk about that first one. It really seemed like that was going to be a foreshadowing of, of really good things to come for us and really helped to break that game wide open because it was it was a pretty close game at that point. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got to go with that. What about you, Zach? What, uh, um, what are some games or memories, I should say, for Demarius Thomas? 
Yeah, the, the one that uh, stands out for me that I've been reflecting on is the uh, week 17 um, during the 2015 season. Uh, the game Brock Osweiler was benched for Peyton Manning. Um, just had an awesome touchdown that he, uh, you know, on one of those smoke screens, takes it to the house and really put the team on his back right there. Um, if he doesn't make the offense was pretty stagnant otherwise before uh, Osweiler was benched. And, you know, it's possible that he if he doesn't make that play, the Broncos lose that game. And if the Broncos lose that game, they don't have home field advantage. And if they have to go to Foxborough for the AFC championship, they do not make the Super Bowl, nor do they win the Super Bowl that year. Um, and on those smoke screens, like there are times where he has lead blockers, but a lot of the time that's just DT. It's not like a difficult throw from the quarterback. Like you have to time it and you know have good placement on it still and whatnot. But more or less, it's just 100% on the receiver. Maybe not 100, but like as much as like, NFL plays, I was saying this on Watt earlier, it's like you need a symphony of things to go right. You need every, like there's the old Belichick adage, like do your job because you need everyone to do their job for things to like go well. And on a smoke screen like that, that's not really the case. You're just putting it all on this one player. And I think the fact that that's like, um, the trademark play of DT's career, this career, this play that was just like, this is all on you, make a play, um, is a testament to how uh, great of a player DT was. And I think you're hard-pressed to find um, one of his smoke screens that he has that came uh, in a bigger spot. So that's the one that stands out for me. Yeah, there's so many uh, memorable, uh, there's just so many memorable plays to choose from. And Everybody's going to talk about, you know, the, you know, the, obviously the the big play, the 80-yard touchdown from Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas, because that may end up going down as one of the best uh, playoff moments, if not one of the best moments of Broncos history. Yeah, that one goes on without saying, yeah. I want to add. Like, yeah. when we say our favorite DT moments, it's like, other than, other than the obvious. <laughs> right, like, right, 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 exactly. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I think that one, the one for me. Um, well, real quick, because uh, I tweeted about it. Anybody that thinks that you know Demaris Thomas was made because of Peyton Manning, go watch the highlights with Tim Tebow, and more importantly, go look at one of the clips that I found, where you actually see Tim Tebow sitting next to Demaris Thomas, and Tim Tebow mentioning to DT that you will make a you will make a huge play in this game that will define the game or you will make the game winning play to win this game and it was against the Chicago Bears and he actually scored the touchdown the lone touchdown of that entire game for the Broncos ended up winning that game same thing uh, almost identically happened when they played the Miami Dolphins DT scored one of the lone touchdowns of that game against the Miami Dolphins you know so I think people that say that, you know, Demarius Thomas was made because of Peyton Manning have no idea the type of impact that Demarius Thomas made when Tim Tebow was a quarterback. Um, so, but, you know, as far as the most important play, or not important play, but one of the more memorable plays for me uh, was the fourth and one or fourth and two play against the, funny enough, the Detroit Lions, uh, where DT uh, was going up against Darius Slay and mm-hmm. and Manning decided to throw the ball and have DT high point the ball 
DT went up and got it, and he he scored the touchdown. And I believe that was probably the game clinching touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Or it was a it was a really key moment in the game, obviously with it being fourth down. But I, that's just a huge huge play that just truly showed you. And I really didn't even think about it even to this point. But it's like that was such a an incredible incredible game for the Detroit Lions to see another guy, the guy that took over for Megatron at Georgia Tech, to do that against the Detroit Lions, you know, and basically almost do it in true Calvin Johnson form and do it to the team's number one corner at the time in Darius Slay. So, it, you know, when you think about it, even bullying down to that, it it's an incredible, incredible play that was done by DT. And really, like, Peyton Manning very rarely threw the ball up like that. Like, go high point it, it's going to be a 50-50 ball like that, right? Like, he was so surgical in how he operated his offense. Like, that's a little sloppy type of a play for Peyton. Um, but, like, that's just that, – that goes to show DT, and DT was a big reason why Peyton came to Denver. Um, Peyton even said so. Another thing to, to consider was the Super Bowl that never happened. Uh, in my mind, it happened, but, like, I, I black it out. Marius Thomas set the record for most catches in a Super Bowl. He was, like the, was the he was a lone performer. It was the only bright spot in that thing. And then, of course, James White against Atlanta comes back and has 14 catches and should have won Super Bowl MVP, but that's, that's another argument. But Demarius Thomas, yeah, he scored a touchdown for us. 13 catches on 18 targets, 118 receiving yards really was the only bright spot on that offense. And we we're severely un, uh, uh, shorthanded, not underhanded. We were shorthanded <laughs> in that game. Uh, so many stars, especially on the defensive side. Um, the Marius came to play and I'm really glad that Super Bowl 50 happened um, because it really, you know, it wasn't just allowing Peyton Manning to ride off into the sunset. It wasn't just, uh, getting Von Miller a Super Bowl, like a lot of those guys deserved it, and it, so I'm, yeah, uh, it was really a makeup for Super Bowl 48. But Demarius Thomas certainly balled out for sure. And it, and it goes without saying, by the way, and it and Zach and uh, all of us, you know, being so close to Joey, it wouldn't we would not be remiss if we didn't bring up this memory, and that was the game that he had against the Arizona Cardinals. That was one of the most impressive single game performances by a wide receiver that you will ever see. And uh, to to a quarterback, to, to, to Peyton Manning as well. That is one of the most impressive games you will ever see from a quarterback and a wide receiver. The way that Demarius Thomas would absolutely demolish any cornerback that was on him, whether that was Patrick Peterson, uh, Antonio Cromartie, or even uh, one of the other cornerbacks that was that was in that game. Every single opportunity that the Cardinals had of shutting down DT, DT went all the way. It almost looked like uh, not to not to coin uh, a nickname from AP, but you know because it's it's AP all day, but it was DT all day against the Arizona Cardinals. It's, he was yeah. It's AD. We never AD. call him. We never call him AP. It's AD. It's AD all day, but no, yeah, it was, but he was DT all day against the Arizona Cardinals. Like it was an incredible performance and he broke the Broncos single game receiving yards record. So we would be remiss if we didn't bring up the, 
you know, arguably one of the most impressive game performances from DT uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. So you're muted, Zach. Sorry, I, my, yeah. I'm, I'm having a hard, like my computer's lagging every time I try and unmute or mute. So that's, that's a snag here, but um, uh, yeah, the, that game was so fantastic. Uh, Joey, I was talking with him earlier and he spotlighted it. Um, it just talking about how the Cardinals decided to put Antonio Cromartie on in that game and have Antonio Cromartie follow DT around the field. And DT just ate his lunch. And Antonio Cromartie is a pretty special athlete. Like he is in a 109 yard touchdown return in his career. Um, he, he ain't too shabby and uh, (laughs) DT just ate his lunch. Um, so yeah, that, that's a fantastic one. One, one yard for almost every kid he's got, right? (laughs) basically yeah uh thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of the mainly broncos podcast it was it was a blast it was a blast to talk about you know like i said my my second favorite player in damaris thomas remembering his life and legacy with the denver broncos It, it was also a blast to talk about another denver broncos victory so thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the show as Maddie tweeted during the show. You make sure you follow the tweet that he did about Teddy Bridgewater and the follow follow up on that real quick. Yeah, Benjamin Albright corrected me and said that because he restructured his contract before the trade, that he actually will not compute in the compensatory formula. So I was wrong. You yeah, yeah. I'm muted again. I don't blame <laughs> you for being wrong on that. That's super lame, but I don't blame you for being wrong on that because that's like some deep in the compensatory pick formula law. And the compensatory pick formula is even top secret. Like I think the Ravens have approximated it and like kind of figured it out, but the NFL has never publicly released it. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I stuck again. Sorry. No, you, no it, uh, that's a it's disappointing news. No, you're, you're good. But it, I mean, for any content that, you know, for, for Maddie and, and the stuff that he has with Broncos takes and even the NBA, he's fantastic with what he can provide with the NBA. Follow what he does over there at Maddie Moles pod. We joke around and call him the Gordon Ramsay Jr. Uh, with his with his impeccable food taste. So make sure you follow him at Maddie Moles pod. Follow uh, Thanks, Zach, Se- the Zach Seegers, the work that he does over at uh, Mile High Sports. Uh, he's, uh, I guess he's okay over there. He does some okay work. Uh, so make sure you guys follow the work that he does over there at Mile High. That's my buddy, Zach underscore Seegers. Uh, you guys follow the work that I do at Predominantly Orange uh, and, uh, and my Twitter handle as well, uh, at Cameron Parker PO. And make sure you like, subscribe to the Mainly Broncos podcast. It's been a while since we talked about that. But subscribe to the Mainly Broncos podcast on iTunes. Uh, and if you guys uh, don't just uh, or if you guys can't listen to on iTunes, you guys can listen to other locations as well. Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Spreaker, if you guys are very much into that. And it's so important to tweeze the, to, to tease this, but you guys can actually listen to the Mainly Broncos podcast on the Mile High Sports app. If you open up the Mile High Sports app, there's a little podcast caption down below. You click podcast and there's Mainly Broncos on there that you guys can listen to the podcast. And So, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. And we'll see you guys next time on another episode of the Mainly Broncos podcast.